Hey y'all, it's Mary Payne. Welcome to this week's Pain in the Pod. This week I have my friend Mandy Slutsker. She's a DC girl like me. She has a great podcast called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker? And of course she talks about reality shows that we love or love to hate, but she has an interesting slant on it. Like she tries to figure out why do some of these people act the way they do? Um, and that's a question for the ages, I guess. Um, also, if you want to hear something cool about Mandy, she's had 13 years um, in the global health industry studying epidemiology. So head on over to Patreon to hear her take on what's happening in the world. But for now, take a listen to this week's episode with Mandy Slutsker as we talk about her podcast, Is This Real Life? Thanks. Hey, y'all. Today, I'm joined by my friend and fellow DC podcaster, Mandy Slutsker. Mandy has a great podcast about reality TV called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker. But we're also going to talk about Mandy's career, which is a timely thing because Mandy has worked in global health advocacy for 13 years. She has a master's degree in public health, which means she is way more qualified than most people to discuss what's happening in the world right now. So we're going to talk about her career and we're also going to talk about her podcast, which is it's a twofer for me. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that my reality TV enthusiasm and, um, you know, background in epidemiology can be useful at this time. Okay, so how are you holding up there in your uh, cute DC apartment with your adorable dog, Stassi? Oh, Stassi is loving it because I'm around all the time. Um, I'm actually doing pretty well, considering. Um I live alone right now, and I've never lived alone before. I had a roommate, um, and she got engaged and moved in with her fiancé, which is really exciting. But this is quite a time to be alone. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty interesting. So are you keeping yourself sane and on a schedule like we've been told to do? Yes and no. I'm trying to give myself the freedom for if there's just time that I don't feel like doing something, I don't force myself to do it. But, you know, I, I'm working every day and I try and exercise at least once a day, you know, trying to think of all the things I'm thankful for right now and not think too far ahead into the future. Yeah, it's interesting that people that are in recovery are, are almost, they have the mindset of, well, it's one day at a time, sometimes one hour at a time. And, you know, for, for those of us regular people, mm-hmm. that actually, it really is sort of a mindset to think of. Like, I'll say to my husband, like, well, what about this? And what about that? We're supposed to do this in August. And he'll say, I can't think about August. I'm just going to get through tomorrow. I'm going to get right. through this week. You know, I'm going to hope to exercise later today. I'm like, oh, which is maddening, but it really is the uh, right way to look at it. We can try. It's it's obviously I'm, I'm thinking about July and August as well, <laughs> but I, I tried to keep my my mind focused on today. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll look back on this. Like, I, you know, I keep telling the kids, like, this is like a huge event in your life where you'll look back on it and say, like, oh, remember that time we didn't go to school for six months? I was like, you know, you really will. You think that, oh, it's no biggie, but you really will like your whole life say like you remember where you know how old you were when that happened yep like like little kindergartners and stuff may not remember it but for two high schoolers you know they're for sure so but in these dark times yes we are very lucky to have I mean lucky and I I mean I guess I do mean lucky we are lucky to have these great shows that we like to watch that sort of take our minds off it and you can see something like what I like a 90 day fiance and you can think well at least I'm not 
um, having to date this guy, Big Ed. Like, you've got, like, things you can really look forward to. Your jam, you really love Bravo shows. Yes. So tell us about your podcast and when when did you start it? So I started it about a little under two and a half years ago as a way to just, I don't know, connect with other Bravo fans and reality TV lovers. And I realized while watching it and talking to my friends about these shows, we would always laugh, obviously, about the crazy things, but about how much we did relate to certain things. Like on Vanderpump Rules, watching, you know, Stassi, Kristen, and Katie's friendship go through like ups and downs. We've all been through that where you sort of outgrow a friend or have difficulties with a friend who's in a really bad relationship. And there are things that you do relate to your real life. So there are things that are absolutely crazy. But then there are things that you really do relate to. And um, it's kind of all about finding, you know, the quirkiness and the the humor in, in these shows. Yeah. I mean, it's called Is This Real Life? Because I think that you you tend to delve a little more into not you don't just really do a recap or have a guest on and like talk about why Jax Taylor, you know, is a psycho. You really you, <laughs> I mean, do that a lot too. You do, you do that too. But you really do sort of delve into like, let's talk about like, if we're still talking about Vanderpump Rules, like why is Sheena such a narcissist, you know, where mm-hmm. you really sort of more delve into their personalities. And of course we are talking about people on TV that we don't really know. And we're going by what we see on TV, but it is, it is, I want people to understand that your podcast is different in that you're talking about people's personalities yeah. and digging into sort of the the psyche of the person. Yeah, it's like, why do they behave the way that they do? And a lot of times guests have really interesting insights. Um, like I had Ryan Bailey on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he um, has a podcast called It's So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And we both realized while we were talking that Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules has a very similar kind of personality to Stassi Schroeder's mom, Dana. And we know I heard you say that. Isn't that so interesting? It was like a light bulb. It was like a light bulb. I loved hearing the two of you talk about that. So tell tell so tell us why. Well, so we've seen Stassi's mom be a bit erratic and she will, you know, get drunk and tell Stassi, I just need you to hold me and love me. And that's a very unusual thing for a mother to do uh, (laughs) just in general, but also on TV. And so it's sort of like the role reversal. It's like she's very needy from her daughter. She also was putting down her daughter saying, you know, I can't believe like, you know, Bo's up here and you're down here and you're lucky that he likes you and wants to be with you. And, oh, why can't you be more like Kristen? Like, really messing with her daughter's head and and Mm -hmm. very emotionally kind of chaotic and somewhat abusive. And then you see Kristen, who's kind of all over the place as well. And she's got this really unstable relationship with a guy named Carter. And she's always wanting more from her friends. It's never enough. You know, you know, tell me how great I am, you know, run to me in the middle of the night when I'm upset, that always needing more and more and more. And Kristen still maintains this unusual friendship with Stassi's mom, which I think crosses a line. You can be friends with your friend's parents, but if you and that friend are going through a rough time, you kind of hit the brakes on it and don't talk to their parent, one, without their knowledge, and two, as if you're in a good place with their child. So I Mm -hmm. feel like Kristen crosses so many boundaries, but so does Stassi's mom, Dana, and I feel like she's triggered by Kristen, 
because it reminds her a bit of her mom's erratic behavior. And probably Astasi, as we've seen her grow a lot as she's getting older, these things sort of do come to you as you get older, like, oh, this friend is not good for me. Or this person has done this to me so many times, like, oh, now at age 35 or whatnot, I'm going to... I'm going to figure out a way to sort of distance myself from that person. Exactly. And we're watching, like, Vanderpump Rules is so interesting because we have seen them grow up in a way. Not all of them have grown up, and a lot of them have, or at least changed. Whereas with Housewives, I think you see individuals transform, but as a whole, like, they're in their adulthood already. They're supposed to be already expected to be adults, whereas with Vanderpump Rules and some of the other shows like Summer House and Shaw's, like we expect them to act youthful. But now, you know, we've, you know, blinked a few times and all of a sudden eight years have gone by. And I, I just find it interesting to see people come into their own. That's a really good point I've never thought about. With a lot of the housewife shows, we're starting with them as an adult, some married, some with kids, um, some, you know, divorced once or twice. They're, we're starting with them as fully formed humans. Whereas on Vanderpump, we did start with them, all of them, in their early to late 20s, except for Jax, who's apparently now like 70. I don't know. <laughs> and and they, you know, they all were around the same age, Kristen and Jax being a little bit older. But you're right. And so we have watched them grow, whereas the other people we could talk about, like Kyle Richards on Beverly Hills, she's always been the same person with the same amount of kids and the same big house and the same husband, you know, same with like Lisa Vanderpump. You know, all we've seen yeah. her, like a kid got married or she adopted some new horses or something. <laughs> I would have loved to see Kyle Richards when she was a single mother, just meeting Mauricio for the first time in like a two bedroom apartment, just trying to get by. Like that would yeah. be fascinating to see their rise. You Absolutely. Know. It would. Yeah. Oh, wow. where's that show? Um, because she, you know, I saw her recently on Watch What Happens Live that Andy's Co- Cohen's doing from his house which is so awkward because they're all trying to do like a Zoom call and try not to talk over each other and stuff. <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> and it's so funny. But Kyle looks like, like you and I look both right now, like no makeup and t-shirts. Of course, mm-hmm. she was like two hours hair and makeup to be on the Zoom call. And as I was looking at her, and she is such a beautiful woman, and she doesn't look like wacky, like she's done so much to her face that she looks so different and weird, like a lot of the LA people do. Mm-hmm. But God bless, like she... Her face looks so different, yet it still looks really great and not too done. She looks gorgeous. I think it's her teeth. I think it's the new teeth changed her whole face. Oh, I, don't, I never notice when people get new teeth. I don't know. Everyone else seems to notice it. Well, her teeth were very small before. Okay. Now they're, you know, big or regular size. And so I think that changed the whole shape of her jaw and her mouth and her lips and everything. She just yeah, looks good. fantastic. She really does. And um, I didn't like when they had a lot of people, you know, People Magazine and whatever, Starcasm, all these places had pictures of her, what she looks like, you know, starting of the season with these big drastic bangs. And people were like, oh, my God, it's horrible. But when she was on Watch What Happens Live, I was like, somehow now she's making it work. Yeah. I think Kyle can make almost anything work. And also, speaking of housewives, so Deandra on Dallas also got herself a pair of real tragic bangs. Yeah, she's doesn't have the best style. I feel like she needs a good stylist because she's a beautiful woman. She's beautiful with her hair just pulled back straight because her face is her face is her base. Her face is so pretty. Yes. 
All right, y'all, we're going to take a break. But next up, we're going to talk with Mandy about what her favorite shows are. So hold on. We'll be right back with Mandy Slutsker of Is This Real Life? This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. So well, what is your favorite show to talk about? If you could get, if you could have something year round to talk about and not cyclical, what, what show would it be? I love the Real Housewives of New York. I just absolutely love them. I think they are so fun and funny and tragic and everything. Like these women are resilient. They've been through so much. Each one of them has just been through something, you know? Oh, I, yeah. I feel like that. But I also love Vanderpump Rules. It's just this past season, the last two seasons have been a little rough. It just doesn't feel as natural anymore. But you're round yeah. if it was like the early seasons of Vanderpump, it would definitely be that. I have to agree with you on those two. And now, I do also really love Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. And strangely enough, my 17-year-old daughter, that's the one that she loves the most. So I'll be like, come on downstairs with me. Watch 90 Day Fiance. No. You want to watch Vanderpump? <laughs> Not really. You know, things that you would think she would really like, but she loves those Real Housewives of Atlanta. Atlanta I like them. And also, Potomac is really good. If you've not watched the Real Housewives of Potomac, especially seasons three and four, so you can go back. I don't think seasons one and two are as must-see TV, but... You didn't, you didn't like uh, Shasha? No. I just, <laughs> you know, it's just they didn't come Therese. into their own fully until, yeah. I think, season three. Yeah, this this coming season. It's coming up. It's coming up in April or May? I think May 3rd. Okay, that's... It's going to be good. But I see, I have down. a difficult time in general with... I can usually separate politics from this. So if there's a housewife who's like a huge Trump supporter, I'm very openly not a Trump supporter. You know, that, whatever, I'll get by. You know, all the Texas housewives, they're from Texas. What do you expect? But when they're very anti-science or they act like they're experts on things that they're not, that is like Monique, Monique, Monique her, Samuels, her who oil. I, I love her on the show. I think she's gorgeous. I love her family and her husband. I find her charming and funny. But when she is like all weird about this, oh, 5G is causing the coronavirus and I can cure anything with essential oils and like, you know, vaccines or whatever. I mean, look at this world that we're in right now. This is the absence of one vaccine, just one. And look at what's happened. I just think people really take for granted herd immunity, which is the majority of people like for, you know, you said about the chicken pox, the fact that you have the chicken pox and your kids have the chicken pox vaccine. If enough people have that, then there's not chicken pox anymore. Right. You know, like people take, they forget like why we don't have chicken pox. And so it, it just frustrates me so much to have someone with such a platform speaking such nonsense. I just had to say that. Right. It's like, <laughs> well, I know I agree. And I don't, I mean, her platform is, you know, if you go to her website uh, which I won't promote, but w- if you go to her website and her podcast and all that, it all links back to an essential oils multi-level marketing company. And if I have one more person being like, you know, if you just take your um, AdvoCare vitamins, I was like, you know, 
think they would have figured that out by now if uh, essential oils and uh, vitamins would have helped. But you said something really interesting. I, we got a um, a text from a coach of a, a child of mine's team. That's all I'll say. That was saying number one, you know, you have to turn off your phone between twelve thirty and three thirty because something's coming close to the earth and, the, and you're going to get radiated. So I wrote back to that person <laughs> like, "This is a." a rumor from 2014 about Jupiter coming close, too close to earth and all of our phones are going to give us double radiation. And this person said, I'm going to turn mine off just in case. I said, great. Then the person told me that, you know, well, you know, the 5G radiation is what has caused the coronavirus. And I said, you know, I am no scientist. I have an English major, but <laughs> I'm sure that I don't think your cell phone radiation caused the virus. That doesn't really make any sense. What I believe happened was the guy on Howard Stern, who was a doctor of infectious disease, said that in the Wuhan province, they had an exotic animals market and there was a anteater type of animal there that was sold and eaten. And that anteater type animal had eaten these infected bats. And he thinks that, you know, they need to put a clamp down on some of these exotic animal markets if you don't know what they're eating. Mm -hmm. So I say this and he says, I'm going to turn my phone off just in case and put it on 3G. So does 5G radiation cause the coronavirus? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying okay. that 5G is safe. I don't know anything about phones or technology at all. But, you know, these viruses and bacteria, there's always new ones, right? It's just mm. rare that one happens to be so new and so infectious and so deadly. You know, it's about every hundred years something like this happens. But one thing I'll note is that you know, it's not just these wet markets. It's the fact that humans are expanding into wildlife areas. So, you know, there's, you know, humans are moving into thing, places that were formerly swamplands, you know, we're moving into places that were previously forests. And as we kind of interact more with animals, we are more likely to exchange viruses and bacteria between the groups and something new will emerge. So it's not just about like this wet market. I mean, something like this could happen at a hog farm or a chicken farm or, you know, just in a cave with bats, you know, like Ebola likely came from, a, you know, bats in a cave. And it's all, I don't know, it's all just interconnected. You say wet market almost made me throw up. Yeah. That is gross. Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking of gross places, this is a very random question. Ronald on Before the 90 Days is from South Africa. Yes. Now, in this, and you've lived in South Africa. I have, in Cape Town. Okay. He constantly says things, and since you didn't watch it, you won't get it, but he always says to his his now wife's son, who he, cons he considers his son, it's really his stepson, he'll say, my boy, you have to lock the doors because uh, have you heard of human trafficking? My boy, they will snatch you out of the car and take you. And this is like nine-year-old boy going, what? And the, everything is behind barbed wire everywhere they live. I've, and I've heard of this. Multiple people have been like, hey, there's this South African dude, a 90-day fiance. Yeah, he's like, my boy, when you get out of the car, you run into the restaurant. It's, it's like, God, you're scaring the kid to death. But, the, you know, everything is behind barbed wire. And when they ride their bikes and stuff, they can't go out of their apartment compound. He lived in province of G-A-U-T-E-N-G. Oh, Hauteng. Hauteng, west yeah. of Johannesburg. Yes. In Ron, Ranfontaine. Yeah. Okay. 
is this true? Do you have to run for your life between your house and your car or you're going to be human trafficked? No, but the <laughs> rates of violence or of violent crime are really high in South Africa. There's uh -huh. a lot of um, things in South Africa that are like just higher rates in general. For example, alcoholism, um, domestic violence, even higher than um, neighboring countries than other places. It's just, uh, unfortunately, there's just been a lot of violence in South Africa for a, a while. And, you know, when I lived in Cape Town, I had been living in Minnesota, went to school in Washington, D.C., and then studied abroad for seven months in Cape Town, South Africa. And I got mugged, I think, three times. Oh, my God. <laughs> Were you hurt? No. No, I just, just wanted what you had. Yeah. I just would give up my I like I got a new cell phone number like every few weeks. <laughs> like, you're just like this is and do you feel like, all right, they're not going to hurt me. They just want my phone. Here's my phone. And you yeah. go your way and I'll go mine. In particular, because the people like I'm sure I gave a cross like it was very obvious that I was not from there. I'm sure I walked in a way that made it clear I wasn't from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, these were like teenagers that had knives on them and stuff. But I knew people who were carjacked um, at gunpoint and told to get out of the car. Um, I know people who had been robbed at gunpoint in their house. So again, this was a while ago in 2005, and I've been to South Africa probably eight times since then. But there's a lot of like petty crime, but there's also a lot of violent crime. It's definitely not the safest of, of places, unfortunately. Not to say it's, it just depends on where you are and when. So if you go as a tourist, especially to like Cape Town, it's a very different situation than it is if you're like living in, you know, certain areas. Right. If you go to a fancy hotel. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's just like if you go to Mexico, I mean, like we'll go to a resort and we stay there. Like we're yes. not just hanging out in the town to go see what's up. Like we're not. We're, but you know, what honestly, yeah. I if anyone hasn't been to South Africa, especially Cape Town, it is one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. As soon as it's safe to travel again. I mean, I think it is the best place you could go in the world, in the entire world. You've got mountains, you've got ocean, you've got really cool culture. The wineries there in the Western Cape, it's like Napa Valley, but even more beautiful. I don't even know how to describe how wonderful it is. So for all of the violence and everything, that's one aspect of it. I wouldn't say that it, you know, takes away from like the most amazing culture and, you know, community and country kind of working together oh that's cool yeah well, i really like, like united, the united states i mean you can have some beautiful places in california then you can in la and you can go three miles west and be in a bad neighborhood i mean it's just like exactly. the united states it's the same thing it's funny because i have people from south africa and from kenya and other places um after school shootings or mall shootings or things like that call me like are you okay i can't believe it's so unsafe where you live and it's, it's funny, people who live in places, you know, where you would think it would be more unsafe, the amount of guns that we have and the amount of, you know, shootings that we have in public places like that Las Vegas shooting and stuff like that. I mean, it really boggles their mind. So, you know, there's violence everywhere, unfortunately. Boggles my mind, too, but that's another discussion. OK, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Mandy about podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups 
it would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. I'm back with Mandy Slutsker of the podcast, Is This Real Life? All right, Mandy, we have talked so much. First of all, I feel super smart after talking to you. <laughs> and also, I want to remind you, I too love New York and Vanderpump. If you ever need a guest, these oh. are the, those, those are my jam. I will have you on. I cannot wait. Um, I've been on before. What did we talk about when I came on before? Did we talk about Potomac? We talked about Potomac because you were crossing over the Potomac River to come see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So what was the first podcast you listened to? Ever? Oh, that's hard to remember. I mean, I got into the whole like serial S-Town in the dark was a really big one for me because I grew up in, in Minnesota and my mom knew Patty Wetterling because my mom uh, was a big child advocate who worked in social services. Because season one is about Jacob Wetterling and season yeah. two is about Curtis Flowers in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. So those are ones I got into. But in terms of, you know, pop culture and... I absolutely love listening to your podcast and Pink Shade. My new favorite is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I find him so, great. so hilarious. Also, Imani Marcus mixing with Moni. Uh-huh. Um, she's really good. She gives this interesting perspective as like a woman of color watching Bravo. I find it really interesting to hear her basically perspective and also like how women of color are shown on the show and also talking about elements of racism and xenophobia and things like that. We spent some time talking about Dallas, you know, and the remarks that Leanne had made, um, mm, you know. So bad. Yeah, not great. Do you do you have any time, any good ones to help us out during this time of stress? Like any, like a lot of people listen to The Daily, but for me, I listen to The Daily just if it's it like if it's about like Harvey Weinstein or something like that, I'll listen. But if it's something like scary about COVID nineteen, I don't. I, honestly, I'm like an ostrich. I'm like, just tell me to stay in my house. I'll stay in my house. Like I don't want to know. I'm gonna glove up and go to the grocery store. Like I don't really want to know these horrible, terrible figures. Right. So do you have any that you think could be helpful during this time without scaring us to death? I think so. I mean, not necessarily about what's happening in the world because if you. I mean, I would recommend the podcast Pandemic with Ron Klain, who is, was the former Ebola czar under Obama. He is mm-hmm. a pretty incredible man. But that would be if you want to get some good kind of context for pandemics in general, pandemic preparedness. But if you want an escape and you also love reality TV, I love listening to Bitch Sesh. I think Casey and Danielle are so hilarious and they find a way to talk about what's happening in the world and laugh, even though it's obviously very scary. They kind of view it as their role to make people laugh during this time. Danny Pellegrino's Everything Iconic Iconic podcast. Also, he always does these cool downs at the end where he has people take deep breaths. And I find myself actually taking a deep breath and, and feeling a lot better about everything. 
So those are ones I have listened to the Give Them Lala with Randall podcast, Lala Kent's podcast, which deaf during this time of crisis (laughs) she is i mean she was so focused on her wedding and obviously they have to move it um which is sad i can only imagine how difficult that is um i also listened to an interview with sheena shea and she was saying how she never watches the news or listens to the news so she didn't really understand how bad this was she was tweeting all that yes she did apologize for tweeting all of those things but i i think a lot of these people live in a different kind of universe than the rest of us. They just don't know much about what's happening in the world outside of their little enclave in LA. So that, you know, uh, but the Lala podcast is interesting because you get to understand her dynamic with Randall Emmett, her fiance, who is quite charming and funny. So while I find Lala kind of obnoxious, I'm hoping she's a little more humbled by this experience of having to postpone her wedding due to a global pandemic and maybe thinking about all the people who don't have jobs right now, who are struggling to put food on the table, who, you know, maybe single parents with kids uh, trying to homeschool their kids with, you know, not great Internet access. You know, like I'm hoping this is a moment for her, but I really like her fiance. Interesting. Randall comes out to be the hero. I think he is. And then one other thing for it's not podcasts, but Brian Moylan writes incredible recaps on Vulture. He does. And I think his recaps are the funniest things I've ever read about anything related to reality TV. But they're not just his recaps aren't so much snarky. They are snarky, but they are like very like heartfelt and truthful, like regarding like Vanderpump Rules, for example, he's like, I'm really trying to care about these new people. But here's actually the tragedy of what's happening with the former cast and moving into adulthood. And adulthood, they're like 35, 40. They should have been adults before. But, you know, he does, he writes really poignant things. And he he wrote the other day a tweet. It was like, hey, tell me if you've heard anything in a Facebook group about Real Housewives, like, you know, people being crazy. I wrote back. Oh, I saw that. I wrote back. Oh, the stories I could tell. He wrote back, tell me your stories. I said, there's so many. People go in these Facebook groups and they lose their mind because I might say, I think Randall looks like a frog or I think Lala's crazy. Well, somebody may have the opposite opinion and go off on you and literally pull up a picture of your child and say, you're ugly, you're fat, your child's horrible. I mean, you're like, wait, what? They dox you. I have an actually really interesting story. I should probably reach out to him about, but... I think this was about two years ago when I was just getting my podcast started. There was a girl who went, I believe, on the like Whispering Aileen's mm-hmm. um, Facebook group. And she was in it New was York. the original bitch sesh yes. Facebook group that was amazing. That a lot of us that were in it from the beginning loved it, loved it, loved it. And then some assholes came in and ruined it. Yes, they've made it quite difficult to enjoy things. But this girl was in New York City, I believe for work, by herself, got drunk and was on some dating, not Tinder, but something where she matched with Tom from Is It About Tom? Tom D'Agostino. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she ended up going on a date with him. Yes. And she like recapped the whole thing to us. And he found out, like, she did it as a joke. She didn't hook up with him. You know, she got some deets on what he really thought about Ramona and Luann and Sonia. And then 
he threatened her with legal action. I was going to have her on my podcast to just like talk about what it was like to go for drinks with Tom. And he found her parents' names, their address, her sister, where her sister worked. Like he went crazy on her. Yeah, I believe if it was the same time, there was a girl that was uh, on a date with Tom D'Agostino and I was at the Regency happened to be in New York and saw D'Agostino with a girl and then he left. So it was like a late afternoon drink situation. He came back later alone. This was a different time. Same trip, I think, where we saw Harry Dubin sitting at the bar at the Regency (laughs) and he chatted up me and my friend Ingrid, who looks like Angelina Jolie. He had no real interest in talking to me whatsoever. He did say, here's a here's a scoop for your podcast. I used to date Kelly Bensimone and that was never on the show. I was like. Okay. I was like, it's not that kind of podcast, but thanks. And then he, as we left, he like leaned over to like sort of lightly pat me to hug me, but he like really grabbed Ingrid to hug her and then said, your boobs feel nice. It was awful. Oh my God, that's horrible. Ingrid's like, oh, okay, thanks. They're real. Goodbye. And we like ran out of there. And she has since been to New York and like seen him like across, but, and I was like, did you go up to him and talk to him? She was like, absolutely not. He wouldn't remember anyway. He was so drunk. But um, yeah, if you go to the Regency, there's a 99% chance if you hang out long enough, you will see in one sitting at the Regency, we saw Tom D'Agostino, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, who we talked to, Michael Cohen, this was about two weeks before he got arrested. And Harry Dubin all in one weekend at the Regency. Oh, my God. And you know my whole Michael Cohen theory, how I think that he flipped because Bethany's boy. What was her boyfriend's name that died? Dennis. Dennis. After Dennis died and they were really good friends. Mm -hmm. I think that's what caused him to flip on President Trump. Because I think he like saw, oh, my gosh, my friend Dennis is never going to see his children again. And if I flip, I'll get a lighter sentence and I'll be able to at least be around for my kid's future. And this isn't all worth it. Man, oh, man, we have gone gone pandemic. We have gone reality TV. We have gone political theories. We have done it all. We have done it all. So I appreciate you talking to me today about this pandemic and about the podcast. And I respect someone who can get a full range. And of course, I also, you know, I respect someone who loves Vanderpump Rules from day one as much as I do. And I know you're that girl. You know, you named your dog Stassi. (laughs) She really, I mean, she's always looking at me like I'm the devil and don't you ever forget it. That's right. (laughs) So tell people where they can find out more about your podcast. Thanks so much. So my podcast is Is This Real Life? And you can find it anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify or uh, SoundCloud. You can find me on social media. I am very involved on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker. That's M-A-N-D-Y-S-L-U-T-S-K-E-R. And on Instagram, I have an Instagram for my podcast at I-T-R-L underscore podcast and that stands for is this real life that's right and it's great and also i wanted to tell your cover art for your uh, podcast i love that little cartoon is really cute isn't that so fun i had my dad take a a funny picture of me and then um an artist put it together to kind of pop art that's cute that's cute i think i'd rather have that than my face (laughs) no but your face is so beautiful i was saying how wonderful you look without makeup i feel like i need another layer of like makeup and blush or something to look alive these days. 
well, my face won't even know what to do with some makeup hits it. It'll be like, it's been months. What are you doing to me? <laughs> what is this? It'll be like slapping on like a face mask. It won't have any idea what's happening. All right. Thank you so much. And I would recommend everybody check out Mandy's podcast. It's a, it's a great reality TV podcast with a little bit of a slant towards the personalities, as I was trying to say earlier, and I couldn't quite get it out, but that is what I meant. So everybody check out Mandy's podcast and thanks. And I'll talk to you next week.